So as I said to the panel previously, um, just before we came up here, um, I'm going to do something I don't normally do and, and, and do the introductions as opposed to making them do the work. So they're, they're free to, to correct me or to, to add uh, later. Uh, to my far left, um, Sonia Henrici, who um, was the producer on Seven Songs for a Long Life, the first um, film we saw clips from, involved in uh, many documentaries as a producer and also co-director of the Scottish, uh, Scottish Documentary Institute. Um, coming over this way next, we have Kate Burton, who was the uh, film tutor on Talk It Out. She is a film educator. She facilitates a lot of participatory work and is also a writer-director of drama and documentary. So we can talk about that balance there. Um, then we have, um, continuing this way, Ruth Paxton, who wrote and directed Pulse. She is a prolific filmmaker and visual artist, and her work has been described as looking at the seamy, sexy, scary, and sad sides of life. And then um, closest to me, we have Stuart Murdoch, who was the writer-director of God Help the Girl. Um, you may know the album of the same name. Uh, he leads the musical group Bell and Sebastian. Um, so looking first at um, films for change um, is the way I put it here. In the description that I provided for this session, um, I um, brought in an alleged quote from Samuel Gold. Goldwyn, he's the G in MGM, the studio boss, um, he said, um, it is said, if you want to send a message, use Western Union. In other words, don't see film as a social purpose vehicle. See it as, as entertainment and, and money-making entertainment, we hope, at that. Um, I'm wondering if you are all, in your own unique ways, ignoring his advice. Are you purposely sending out mental health messages? Um, do you see yourself as campaigners with these films? And Kate, I guess I'm wondering if you were drafted in by the students to be a campaigner. So maybe I'll start from the far end. Uh, Sonia, do you see this as a campaign film in any way? Yeah, it was definitely designed as a... Well, not really as a campaign film as such, and not really around mental health, as you realise that the film is set in a hospice, Strathcairn Hospice near Denny, which um, is one of the largest hospices in Scotland and has a large daycare ward, which is kind of um, fairly a more recent addition to hospice care, I think, in, in the UK and maybe in those countries where it operates. Um, so the idea is that people can mainly be cared for in the community, but they come, in this case, come once a week um, and uh, kind of have a community where they can share their experiences uh, and and be also have pain management looked at. So, obviously, when the filmmaker Amy was in Strathcairn Hospice as a filmmaker and resident for a year and then developed the film from there. So she was in, in the hospice on and off for four years and... Um, of course, you can't feel, uh, can't fail to uh, realize how important it is to think about, you know, end of life issues, and I suppose how mental health. I was wondering what, why I'm here. <laughs> uh, how mental I, I health can tell you, but I'm interested here. What you have to say comes into it is that we do need to talk about these things, think about these things, and um, what Amy discovered is that in that interaction and how how music played a big part, but also her representing almost a mirror to people, to her, to the patients and, and the listening ear, meant that actually three of the patients that had a... or at least two of them, at least, who had a diagnosis that would have meant that they probably would have died within the filming period are actually really well, still alive, and uh, one of them got... two got discharged, So, it, which is very unusual. So it's, it's I suppose how uh, 
important it is to 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 listen to people. That's also what the nurse says, and how it's it's beyond the sort of uh, um, yeah medi medication and. I mean, even just the words you're using, Sonia, how important it is. It's this is not just a situation where where you and, and Amy have gone in as documentary filmmakers and said, okay, we're going to observe this situation. I mean, you you genuinely believe, and I have to assume that Amy does as well, that this is an, an important um, issue, and, and it's the, this approach that's being taken that Strathcairn should be brought to a to a wider world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh there's all sorts of issues when you come to campaigning because obviously then we have a film of Strathcairn and do other hospices feel they can fundraise with a film that's not in their own hospice So, but we have put it out through um, uh, Hospice uh, UK week which happens in October and we're putting it out again through Dying Matters week which is in May so in, in the UK and we're doing sort of different kind of release internationally but um, it's it's definitely yeah and we're, we're doing that for free so hospices can put on the film themselves and, um, and so you're very comfortable with the film being used in this way obviously yes, more than more than absolutely. comfortable and, yeah. and Kate um, I, I mentioned perhaps you were, you were drafted in I mean um, did you get any sense that um, the students that were looking at, at mental health I was absolutely thrilled of course in my position when I heard about this film um, is it um, trendy for them? Is it fashionable mental health in the news a lot these days? Mostly in a good way, I, I think, not always. But uh, or, or, or was it something they, they were genuinely feeling and then you think continuing to feel that, that this is really um, important material to, to get out there and to deal with themselves? Um, yeah, so just to backtrack slightly sure. from that question, when I was, yeah, so I was basically commissioned to work with the, this group of 20 young people. They're about 14 years old. Um, in high school and yeah so the theme of mental health was already in place and it was yeah it was their decision to work with it so um but I did find it quite unusual that they were wanting they were all very you know determined to to work with this theme because um I've worked a lot with young people and it's not always the case um in terms of you know that age it's a difficult age and you don't kind of want to stand out from the crowd and I was really impressed that they wanted to to deal with this like this issue basically. So yeah, and they were really ambitious as well. They wanted to yeah, as you saw in the film, they wanted to tackle about five different issues with <laughs> mental health, which I was a bit wary of as well. Um, and we talked a lot about that. And um, some of them have personally been through experiences with mental health issues or have close family members that have. So. Um, they certainly had experience and did a lot of research as well. That's great to hear. And, and Ruth, um, you um, had to have done your research to some extent because um, this was um, your film Pulse inspired by a, a true story. Maybe you can, you can tell us a little bit about, about that to give us some background as well and, and also how you see it relating in a, in a campaign sense, if at all. Well, it was a response to the suicide of a young man, but it was also very of its time in the sense that I mean, cinema I make is always about um, exploring psychology, but at that time, when I and the composer um, won the commission to make this work, um, I was going. I had, was had some very serious mental health issues, so it was kind of the only film that was ever going to get made at that time. Was trying to sort of make sense of what was going on for me, and I remember the, the composer. It was a commission that was to do with the Commonwealth Games. And they wanted something that was going to, you know, celebrate the Commonwealth and be very colourful and bright. 
and it went very opposite <laughs> for my and I, it was the you know it was it was um, I just didn't feel colourful. So well, um, we, we just didn't show them the colourful bit. No, <laughs> no, just the dark side. But it was definitely a way for me to explore what was going on in my psychological terrain at the time. But also. Um, around the time of starting to write, uh, a young man called Ross Ramsey went missing in Glasgow um, and he'd been dealing with um, anxiety and severe depression and I became quite obsessed with it because because obviously I felt huge empathy for him and his family but also because I'd started thinking about dying. Like I wasn't thinking about killing myself but I was thinking about how people did a lot and it seemed that that might have been what happened to Ross and a month later he was discovered and so I think the film is also about maybe asking questions about how that might have been prevented and also um, how bad it could get before you make that choice. So, again, I mean, you, you, it, it seems to me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, but I mean, that you, you feel that there's that, um, well, I'm not, I'm basically paraphrasing what you said, that there's that personal connection there. Oh, so, so, I mean, you, you again, you're, you're, it's not just, oh, just another film, that there's something much deeper going on there. Yeah, I mean, it's not a campaign film in the sense that, you know, I made it because I had, I mean, I always have something to say in the work that I'm making, but really it was, you know, any work I make is always going to be a reflection of, of how I feel about certain issues, and that just happened to be my experience of depression and anxiety, or at that very early stage, working it out, you know, and I think that's what I've come to believe, that's what our purpose in life in is, is about, like, working towards better mental well-being, and part of the way we can do that is um, talking, but also talking about why we do the things we do. Thanks, Ruth. And um, Stuart, I mean, do you, do you see your film in any way um, being about tackling um, the stigma around mental health, or does it just happen to be about that you were inspired in some way, and, and this is what, what um, emerged, and, and if it can be seen in that light, that's fine? Or, or was, was there, there a, a, a purposeful approach to this, this material in, in a societal sense? Uh, no, I didn't have a purpose um, apart from to <coughs> make myself feel better throughout the, 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 the whole process. And, um, it, it never occurred to me that there would be a, a, a message, so to speak. I just wanted to make a, an honest film, although some people that, that perhaps saw the film would, would have disagreed that it was honest, but then how could they know what was in my head or what happened in my life? So I did actually want to make my characters... Uh, you know. Everything that happened to them was either happened to me or happened to somebody close to me, and uh, I knitted that together through through sort of music. So it, it didn't really have it, it. It didn't have a message. It did occur to me that it, I mean the, the the whole mental health aspect of the film was was fluffed somewhat. I, I, I started writing the film a long time ago, and I do realise it, it's it is clumsy and it is flawed, and it's a, because it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to grapple with. Um, you know, and it was my first time it, it, just watching a clip from Pulse is an immediate evocation of, of, of mental suffering and uh, um, I'm not sure if I really you know, had the tools to go there with, with the film it's more of a romance uh, so to speak
Thanks for your openness around that and for everyone's responses to that question. We certainly um, encourage um, people to be as open about uh, these issues and their approaches to them as, as possible. And uh, um, it reminds me to say that any and all uh, questions are within reason are, uh, are welcome from the audience. Are there any uh, questions or comments at the moment um, as I, uh, before I get into drama versus documentary? Yes. Um, well, a couple of the panelists particular um, questioning idea, or it seemed to me that it was partly telling their own story without actually directly telling their own story. Um, I guess I'm thinking of particularly Pulse and God Help the Girl. And I was wondering if there was any sense of trying to almost heal certain aspects of issues that you, that you went through or you felt you were going through that time or maybe in your case that you went through a lot earlier than Stuart or friends had you trying to, trying to almost put them to rest by making a kind of statement about it or finding a final bit of feeling that wasn't brought to you through conventional conventional paths it, it, it reminds me of, of an article I've yet to write, but I've often thought about, uh, called Filmmaking as Therapy. Um, but uh, Stuart, maybe I'll work, work back across to, to Ruth after you comment on that. Well, I think, yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair enough. Uh, Douglas, you, Douglas knows me a wee bit, so maybe you've got me an advantage. But uh, I mean, some, some would think that was kind of pathetic, a pathetic way to sort of work. But, you know, I, I don't really get into anything unless... You know, unless I can sort of get rid of a load of baggage on the way, I wish that wasn't the case. You know, I wish I was generally a much more happier person and uh, and could could write about things that were much more objective and out there. But uh, even even you know, when we do a, a Bell and Sebastian LP, I often say to Steve, I hope this is going to be an extended um, psychiatric intervention or something like that. You know, and he says, Don't worry, it will be. It always is. You know, when, <laughs> when we work together and we do music and. And the, the film was a, li a little bit like that, maybe less so, but, uh, you know, so I'm unapologetic about that. And Ruth, you, Ruth, you touched upon this to, to some extent, but, uh, I mean, how, how conscious was, was this working through things with the film? Very. Hmm. Um, I think there, there's two points to your answer. I mean, for me, it was about... I was obsessed with this image of um, my experience of having, oh, I suppose, just a meltdown, really, um, and the feeling of all the lights shutting down and being terrified that if the last one went off, I'd never find the switch again. That's what the film's about. And so there were no words, even though I just put it into words. I felt like I really, I needed to explore it further and convey that. And I think there was something important for, for me about like being honest about that and make, hopefully provoking dialogue and conversation, linking back to Ross and maybe if that's something that, that, that he could have had more of. Um, and so the second answer, um, or the second point to my answer, would be that if there's a message, it's, it's be the person who does something. So if you see somebody on a bridge looking really sad, maybe ask them if they're all right. I mean, it's quite simple, but it's that's that was my goal with the film. Thanks for that, Ruth. And, and I'm reminded of um, I think part of the reason I, I got into the work I, I do is, is I was uh, I read something by David Putnam, the um, film producer. It was called The Moral Imagination, and he was. Um, 
horrified by some of the reactions to um, his films and, and particular scenes, one in Midnight Express that was taken entirely the wrong way and it really seemed to change the way he, he looked at what um, responsibility he had as a filmmaker because film get, is, is so powerful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's something that I think has to be taken uh, very seriously. Um, conveniently enough, um, my questions here for Kate and Sonia, so we'll keep working across there. Unless there are any, um, did, did either one of you want to respond to what was just said there before I move on? Um, I had one small thing to just, it just came to me in terms of the, the therapy side of um, filmmaking. Um, I do a lot of work for Projectability and I was involved in a documentary about um, a really kind of old-fashioned kind of like asylum called Lennox Castle that was um, shut down um, uh, for various reasons um, and there was a project called Lennox Castle Stories where um, people that used to go be in that institution um, could come and tell their stories Great. and basically it, it turned out to be a kind of a little bit of a documentary that I made about it um, I was uh, just because the people that showed up really wanted to tell their story and um, they wanted you know um, well, some of them didn't, but some of them did really wanted to. And it did feel a lot like therapy, filming them and just letting them express uh, and recount and kind of go back to that and kind of go, go on a bit of a journey. So, yeah, that was one thing that struck me. You know what, I'm realising that, you know, this, this article I was talking about was actually the session that should have been called Filmmaking as <laughs> Therapy, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll move on to, to Sonia, and then I'll open up again for, for questions. But, um, well, actually, no, I'll stick with you with Kate, uh, with Kate for a moment. Do you think, getting on to what's here, um, do you think the students would have been as engaged with a documentary approach to these issues. I mean, I know there would be logistical issues around that, that consent issues, you know, privacy on the like, but, but was there something about drama that, that uh, got them even more worked up in, in a positive way about, about mental health? Uh, definitely for that group, um, because they were all very um, passionate about drama. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure how a documentary would have worked for them. Um, I mean, some of them did come and speak to me personally and tell me that, you know, there were personal experiences they were going through. Um, so, I mean, maybe they would have been interested in to, to, yeah, kind of maybe do a bit of a documentary thing. But, um, yeah, mainly they were, they were drama students that wanted to... They started off doing a lot of monologues and they were interested in doing kind of long monologues to camera and, and my, <laughs> my job was to kind of come in and... You know, let's just be, let's be um, in front of the camera and, um, and yeah, just kind of trying to teach them some techniques for acting to camera, which they weren't that familiar with at all. Um, and, yeah, just, I, I guess, trying to make it quite naturalistic and, and like, kind of portraiture, I suppose, of, of a character. They, they, they were very keen on, on having it be a, a docudrama, in a, in a sense, maybe. That, that it, it, although yeah. they were portraying themselves, mm -hmm. that, that they, were, they were comfortable with it, it being rooted in their own experience, yeah, rather, rather than that, something a Hollywood yeah. kind of approach to things. I think yeah, that's very definitely. impressive as well. Yeah, they did a lot of improvisation already, so they were really skilled at that. Hmm. I was really impressed by that. Um, so I hope that comes across in the film, actually. So, Sonia, um, I mean... For me, in, in the last, well, I mean, you, you might be, a, almost certainly be a better judge of this than me. I mean, this, this use of narrative 
um, approaches to, to documentary. Documentaries, perhaps, in a general sense, having become more skilled at, at storytelling, mm -hmm. if, if that's fair. I mean, do you think that um, does documentary, with that combination of storytelling skill, narrative storytelling skill, and using real people, does 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 documentary have any special claims on exploring uh, difficult subject matter? <laughs> You're here representing. Come on, Sonia. <laughs> I, I think it probably has. Um, <laughs> about the sort of fiction-on-fiction -fiction divide, I mean, in, in a sense, all documentary participants play themselves in a film because, of course, as soon as you bring a camera in a room, things do change a bit and... I, although I like some verite films with the claim that we don't interfere at all, we just observe, I don't think really that that, that, that exists. Um, I mean, recently we had a producer of Act of Killing over, um, and I don't know if any of you have seen the film, but it's an incredibly uh, challenging film exploring the Indonesian genocide in the 60s with the actual perpetrator's playing themselves and reenacting the crimes. I mean, it is an extraordinary film. And I was thinking about, we were talking a bit about the difficulty of dealing with this sort of material and how you actually um, stay, you know, sane yourself when you're working with material like that, you know, for a year or more, watching it, really graphic stuff, although, you know, it's, it's reenacted. Um, so there isn't that distance. Yeah, it, it, Again, again, and um, in Seven Songs, for example, uh, Amy chose to do some counselling while she was um, um, filming because she felt she needed a bit of support because certain people that she got quite attached to died very suddenly, and for her it was she also bought herself a foal. She's a rider, so she wanted that sort of wanted something else to not to just have to think around about death and dying for so long um, where was I going with this um, yeah well, I mean, it, it, affect, it affected her in a, in a way because they were real people they weren't, they weren't fictional yeah. characters that she was dealing with yeah. I mean it might have been tough enough with that subject matter but for those to be real people that they're real people with. but you're also giving them a, a canvas and I think where, where the film is very special is that they chose to sing more than just sit down for an interview and tell you the story but actually by singing and choosing the songs they wanted to sing they're kind of revealed much more about who they really are and still are even though they have a terminal disease and I suppose there's an interesting discourse around mental health I suppose Thanks Sonia I, I mean, I, I, I'm, as you may uh, imagine given this, that's some of the things I'm saying I'm, I'm a, a bit, bit torn be, between um, what is the, the, the best genre if we were to choose amongst the two um, and it's, it's maybe a false choice <laughs> that's what I thought the conclusion might, might be eventually I mean looking up this, this subject matter um, you, know, you, you get lines like fiction is the lie through which we tell the truth fiction reveals truth that, that reality obscures do, do people in the audience, does anyone in the audience it can be about anything but does anyone in the, in the audience or do a number of people have comments on this particular idea of, of whether fiction or, or documentary does do a, a, a better job one or the other um, just have a comment in the back and then one front here my question actually Yep. If you 
kids from all over religious schools and it went round right over the schools. And I joined the craft conversation afterwards. Um, in fact, I got 12 tickets and I was my present friend. Uh, the race for you know, kids fell at school to go in to watch the race itself. And if you have a conversation, I couldn't think of kids enough. It was just amazing, we covered all the same subjects. But I said to them, the question I asked them, is the parents that should be seeing this? So, in your production, did you actually show the film to the parents? Because we seem to, in observation, we seem to be doing really good work. But we're just, we've got target, you kind of like target, targets. So we're not spreading the message out. So did the kids, parents see this film? Yeah, the, the parents did attend. There was like a big kind of um, launch at the Cine World Cinema, local to them. Um, so they did come along. Um, and then it, it's online as well. It was a commission through Interfilm. So they put like all their, well, quite a lot of their films on on their website and on YouTube. So, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, and it's definitely important for the parents to see. We're speaking of, of, of connecting. I mean, that, that's one of the questions I did have for the audience coming up is um, perhaps mental health professionals in the audience or, or others who've had experience in using film. I mean, is is there um, something about drama that connects more? Is there something about documentary? I won't, won't keep uh, pounding on this if it, it doesn't go anywhere. But so we did have a, a question or comment here. Well, I think well, uh, stigma is so powerful that it's really dangerous to uh, document it. It's very mm. difficult to do that. And if you think how uh, the scheme ghettoised uh, Kilmarnock uh, working class life, that didn't help. Whereas, like, when you've got a safer distance and a more objective overview uh, in a film, like the, the Pulse and uh, Stuart's film, you're giving yourself more of a challenge to engage with. If you, hear, if you bring kids up to talk about their lived experience, they've got that for the rest of life on the mm -hmm. film. Their pals talking to them, other people talking, because it's so powerful, it's still so powerful. No one here to fight it or that, but it's... Uh, and you do not want people to go with that and major illness into their adult life, you know, that they've been badged at such an early age. So that would be, that'd be, that'd be, have to be a big thought if you were doing a documentary on the film. Thanks for that. Like that's the killing, you're reflecting on something that's happened in the past. And that's, that's a distance. way to do it, but you know it's really incredibly dangerous <laughs> it's all. A safer way to do it. People are making adult choices about that mm -hmm. rather than meeting people when they're ill. You know, There's a lot of ethical problems with <coughs> working with, yeah. I think that's a really important th thought. Thank you for that. Yes? I think it's important that we don't confuse documentary with truth-telling. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I realise that there's a huge amount of truth that can come from, from fiction and drama. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's important. The, the David Butler wrote a book called The Clear of War, which was essentially about how America and the American government used power from the power of images to project American products, the American way of life across the world. So I would argue that virtually every film you make sends a message of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, even with that, it's a, a message of self-indulgence or a message of uh, you know, uh, uh, critiquing you know, kind of norms. Um, I, I think that, that those are very impressive uh, examples of documenting. What I'm concerned about is the 
the ability to connect those to get from to an audience, mm -hmm. uh, and also the kind of city literacy, the level of opportunities that people have to to critically um, engage with issues through film in a way which is a collective. I, mean, I think it's a, it's a different experience to, to, to watch a film like that by yourself. Um, I, one of the great things about kind of cinema and film is the ability to, I, I think, you know, engage with others about the issues. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm watching The Wire for the first time. I like But, you know, I think that it's hugely important that we should be looking forward uh, and giving more opportunities, even the future is more opportunities for access to this and supporting more, rather than saying, well, everything's online, that's fine, you, you, know, you can just access it that way. I think that in Scotland we need to readdress ourselves to the important cultural importance of film, uh, and also how there's so much of the media we get, we, we become blind to it, it becomes this kind of hegemonic mass that we don't see behind. And yet, actually, the majority of stuff you see on screen in one culture, it doesn't give you diversity, it doesn't, it doesn't can I can I ask you about? Oh, sorry, I was going to interrupt just to, to say um, just just to go back and to clarify when you, you say um, and it, correct me if I'm wrong in putting it this way, but but you said um, these types of, of films a, a, a challenge to to connect. I mean, were you talking about all of those films or, or or a couple in particular? Well, I'm involved in the document human rights film you know, and they're amazing films, but. We're still, you know, struggling to take those songs to a, a, a new audience, to bigger audiences. To, there's things that take one action. There's a number of these things, but they're, they're kind of not mainstreamed enough. So I'm, I'm just looking at ways in which we can use places like libraries or community spaces. There's the radical film makers yep. festivals come up the weekend and opportunities to to, to reinvent public spaces. So so you're you're not necessarily saying saying we need to make different types of films, we need to use those films in, 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 in different ways and position them in different ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any um, further comments um, from the audience before I get back to the panel here? But I think it's great. Yes, I'd rather have comments from the audience than more from me. Yes, please.
and broadcasters. You know, and broadcasters most. And I think I worry about some reality TV mm -hmm. uh, that you know when they they bring us up. Like I'm involved in broadcasters and characters. They bring us up, mm -hmm. and they say. Oh, we've got a great new show with Jonathan Jones. It's going to be fantastic. We found this guy with bipolar who wants to stay off his meds. And so I'm going, no, because we're going to actually make somebody very ill. How can I, as a doctor, uh, give you a green light to, to help somebody get ill and hope maybe they get better again? I mean, how, how, how can that be, you know, in any way? Of course, I appreciate some people find it entertaining, but it's certainly not informative. And it, it doesn't, in any way, it would never. I don't think in any way would help somebody understand it. So I guess in a roundabout way, I was sort of saying I have now veered more towards fiction, hmm. which is what you know we're mostly speaking about, as ways of telling very powerful stories. And fundamentally, film is an empty machine. That's Robert Ebert. Film is an empty machine. You stole a line from me, Peter. I had that on page three. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it gets you. You know, we're talking up here and talking about walking my shoes. It's such a good way to get people there who just don't get it, haven't thought about it, and suddenly, and you've all done this, you've brought people into your world, and that's, that's, you know, my comment about it. Thanks for that, Peter. Um, I, was, I was going to, to ask Stuart, I, I mean, you know, so, so there's, if I could put it this way, that distance that, that in that, I mean, even though you, you've talked about uh, working through um, some things for yourself with the film, I mean, there's, there's Eve. I mean, can you imagine approaching this subject matter um, through documentary? Was, was there be, is there a real life Eve there who, whom you would have been able to capture in the same way that you captured Eve and, and her story? No, not really. It never Again, it, it never occurred to me there's so much of me in Eve that, um, yeah, yeah it, it just with documentary, it never, it just never, um, yeah, occurred to me. Hmm. And Ruth, like, can I respond visually? So, like, you know, when I, if you think about going back to Ross, I couldn't have, I don't feel anywhere near qualified enough to be in a position where I could. I did actually speak to his family. But to make a piece of work that was not going to expose vulnerable people, that just mm. wasn't something I was comfortable doing or that I felt I had the right to do. And I was happy to a degree to expose myself. Mm. I think, I mean, I think films can provoke positive social change, but only as part of a wider movement that causes political pressure and change. And therefore, I think that then comes back to audience again. Because I think mental health issues are actually ubiquitous in film, even mainstream film, like Batman's depressed, you know? I think that it's about who sees them, and your average cinema-going audience is like, you know, 18 to 25-year-olds at the multiplex, who are maybe less likely to vote than people who might seek out art house documentaries. So that mm. might, you know, the message might get sent to people that might be able to do more about it. Um, but... From my perspective, um, that scares me, all that that side of stuff. What I feel is I think there's a macro way, sorry, the opposite, micro way of, um, of affecting a person, and I think it can be a nourishment, and that I, I aim to make work that, that does provoke, but also that consoles and nourishes. So if there's one other person that watches it and goes, fuck, I know what that's like, Another somebody else is going through that. Oh, sorry, I swore. <laughs> um, you know, I think that for me would be a great achievement. There is that line. Someone's going to come up with it for me. It's, it's um, console the, disturb the, no, 
uh, they, they, what, what, what great art does is, is um, um, oh, the comfortable, you know. Um, Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Thank you. I knew someone would be able to do it for you. Way to go. And, and the, the prize goes to you. Know. Um, we just have a few minutes left. I'm allowing us to go a little over because we started just a little bit late. Um, so um, I'd, again, rather get uh, question and comments for you, uh, from you or from, from the panel than, than for me to carry on. I've got a million of them. So um, just anything else from the, the audience um, before we start to wrap it up here? Not quite. Just a really beautiful Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I'm saying that on behalf of the, of the, of the panel. But uh, I, I, was, I was quite honest when I said I, I didn't even think about, about um, looking otherwise. I knew that we would have the, the material and, and the filmmakers who'd be willing to come up here and, and talk about, about these, these issues in the way that they have and, and, and so openly as well. Um, should probably wrap it up here. Um, I know we could. There are many, <laughs> a number of different paths that, that we could uh, could go go down. I knew that that was the case with this uh, this session. Are there any less comments or um, um, questions for for others here that, that you have on the panel? Maybe I'll start with you, Sonia, and work across that way. I just really wanted to respond to the this, so this um, you know the a little bit to the fiction and documentary again. I think. There is a bit of a misconception what documentary is to a lot of people who watch television because for them what documentary is is what we would probably say reality TV, factual television and the way that that is made is, is really quite fast turnaround and that's where I think the duty of care to that you do have as a filmmaker to uh, documentary subjects really is quite easily lost sometimes and yet the BBC will put up all these compliance rules and you will have to do this and that but actually how can you you know, how can you just come in and out of someone's life in a, a difficult situation of not just mental health and and make a, a being authentic and I think what a lot of documentary filmmakers have really live that well I mean they do take years to make a film they're really you know, the more, more likely are kind of friends with the, the subject at the end of it. And uh, there is a real, I think, quality. But this, of course, costs money, it costs time, and and the, the mechanism in which work is made in, in, um, and is allowed to exist is, is very difficult to... to, to fight for the space. Important issues need lack time. Of slots <laughs> for it as well, of course, yeah. Thanks, Sonia. And, and Kate, is there anything you want to add? Um, yeah, I, I, um, I work with um, young people with mental health issues sometimes. I work with, also with a um, group of young autistic um, yeah, people, and um, occasionally there'll be someone that'll think, oh, make a great documentary, you know, like such a wonderful character. Um, and, you know, at the moment I'm kind of considering about approaching... Um, a young guy that's in my group about whether he wants to, you know, maybe be in a documentary. Um, but yeah, you have to be so careful. You have to, you know, I know his his family as well, his mum and dad. So I would approach them and you know just talk about how how they feel about it. And um, and I think you know it's a filmmaking group, and uh, they'd probably be into it. But I wouldn't ever go into it like you know I I'd really want to research and um and find out the effect because you know this person has anxiety and that's like part of his picture and um but on the other side of it it's you know I would love to um like make a film that was a portrait of this person 
Um, and I think as a filmmaker, you do sometimes see um, like someone's nature and you think, you know, they would be wonderful and it would be wonderful for an audience to see this person. Um, so it's, it's, it's a combination of balancing things up, I suppose. And, yeah. <laughs> you, you've just reminded me of, of a filmmaker I know who, who used to work in documentary and, and, and then he said, I, I just got tired of, of waiting for people to do what I wanted them to do. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth? Um, you know, following on for that and from, a fi- I know, a perspective of somebody that writes fiction, um, something we haven't touched upon at all but I think is very important is about representations of people with mental health issues on screen. Um, I think to a degree we need to, in order to try and combat stigma, I think we need to try and normalise it, you know, so promote the idea that while it's shit having mental health problems, it's okay, you know, it's okay to have them. And therefore we need more characters on screen where their illness is not remarkable. Uh, where their stories deal with the issues but are not about them. Thanks, Ruth. And Stuart? Yeah, I'm with Ruth and I'm with the Doctor as well. You know, it's, I think it's best to best that we do make films that we don't. It's, it's such a fantastic kind of way of putting things across and uh, not just the, the kind of cliched bad side but actually the you know true representations of characters. I think filmmakers just need to keep asking themselves what is their intent, you know, whether they're documentary or fiction, mm-hmm. you know, what is your intent, and, and you know that that will maybe keep you on the on the right path. Well, there's uh, clearly one more than one way to, to get at truth in film, and um, however um, that uh, those approaches are made, uh, it does seem I, I would I would assume that there would be general agreement in the audience that uh, film can be a valuable tool in, in fighting against a mental health stigma. Just the fact that these issues are, are being raised in various ways in in a, in a forum like this, I, I, I of course believe is very very important, and uh, I hope no one's going to object um, given the time. Um, <laughs> I knew that. Uh, the, the sessions are a little bit behind so, so if anyone's worried about getting to the next session um, there will be at least um, more than five minutes to, to get to that um, I wanted to uh, of course uh, thank our, our panelists who are all one way or, or another whether they're intending to or not I think they're all fighting the good fight rather than duking it out with each other so thank you to you for your comments and questions thank you for being here and thanks of course mostly to the filmmakers and for giving us their films Thank you.